And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you by Away With Me Travel, the official travel agency of the Disney Dads Podcast and our YDF Media. There's nothing better than traveling to Walt Disney World over the holidays. Right now, we have an amazing offer going on for our Disney Dads family. Tell me a little bit about it, Jamie. I'm so excited to be able to bring this incredible offer to our family. And that is, if you book a vacation package now through the end of December 2019, we are giving a complimentary party ticket. He's very Merry Christmas party. So contact us for details and we can get you that incredible offer. Contact us at show at awaywithmetravel.com. And we can't wait to get you to these amazing parties today. And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you courtesy of our Patreon supporters. Want to support the show? Become a Patreon member. Thank you. Thank them. Now enjoy the show. Round one is over. (laughs) Parents won. Kids sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That we all started by a month. Can we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. There's a touch of madness around here. Hello and welcome to the Disney Dads Podcast. My name is Jason, that Italian right there. My good friend Mike is joining me tonight. Guys, we have an incredible show because we're going to be going down the road of Mike and I's probably... One of our top five, I'm not going to speak for you, Mike, I'll let you speak for yourself, but definitely one of my top three attractions, and that's Living with the Land, and uh, more more importantly, um, some stuff that goes with it on the, uh, the personal attachment to this thing. But before we get into that, uh, there's two things I want to mention here. Number one is it's just going to be Mike and I because Justin is playing with the mouse as we speak, and the second thing is... Before we get into the podcast, let's take care of that a little bit about us. Mike, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Like you said, it's going to be a fantastic show tonight. It's not going to be as fantastic as it could, as it could have been because, you know, we're missing our good buddy Justin tonight. But he's getting that much needed family time, having fun with the family, uh, enjoying everything Christmas that we've been talking so much about down in Disney World this week. Um, but yeah, no, I'm doing good. I'm in, like I was telling, uh, I missed you last week, you know, it was uh, not the same not having you. And I was kidding around saying it's kind of weird that I'm the anchor on the rock of this show. <laughs> that's when we know you it's kind of gone downhill. But anyway. You are. Uh, hey, I, man, you don't give yourself enough credit. I'm going to interrupt you and stop you right there because you don't give yourself enough credit. You bring this this something to this show that uh, in these aha moments and I'm like, oh, I love that. This is amazing. Thank you. Um, you know, there's all kinds of times that you've, you've you know, under the radar brought stuff, you know, to the table. And um, I've absolutely loved it. So. I'm not even going to allow you to talk bad about yourself. You are definitely a solid anchor in this show. Um, and uh, But I, 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 I'm kind of torn. It's like I kind of like I want to wish Justin well. I'm kind of jealous of him. I want to make fun of him. But then I feel bad because he really doesn't ever say anything bad about you or I. So it's kind of like I'm kind of stuck in this conundrum here where maybe we'll just bid him a, an awesome time and um, – and it's it's definitely different with him not being here for sure. Uh, it's never the same when one of us are missing. But uh, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you had some great family time. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about tonight's show because, like you said, it's one of your favorite rides, and it is definitely one of my favorite rides. And uh, it's got a long history with me and my family. And I'm looking forward to talking about the land tonight. Yeah, it's um, it it's definitely one of these things. Where uh, well, first of all, let's let's we're not going to get in too much of uh, you know we're not going to bore you with a ton of facts. Uh, that's definitely not one thing we're going to do. Uh, but we're going to just kind of make some peak interest here because um, we dropped something in our Facebook group that I want to touch base here in a little bit on um, you know their personal uh, personal one sentence one liners uh, you know very small thoughts on what was alluring to them. But before we get into that, Mike. This is a ride that's been there since October 1st, 1982. I mean, this is like, 
this is an old ride, man. I mean, this is an old attraction, all right? This isn't, this isn't something that, you know, just popped up in the last 10 years. So my question for you is, is, you know, thinking back in your memory, do you remember like the first, maybe not the first time you wrote it, but in that general decade <laughs> of when you wrote it? You know, I tell you the truth, I don't remember uh, my childhood doing that, you know, because I went a couple of times as a kid, you know, with my parents. I was fortunate enough to have them mm-hmm. bring me. Um, I only remember this as with my family, you know, with my kids, my girls. And I can tell you this, I remember from our very first trip because Epcot was on our agenda and Sammy was only eight months old. Sarah was four years old. So, you know, new parents with the kids going to Disney World for the first time and not being in the park since I was 13 or 14. You know, I really didn't know how to navigate. And I got to tell you that this ride was a welcome because you could do it, obviously, with a toddler. You know, I had Sammy on my lap the entire time. Actually, less than a toddler. You know, she's only, uh, you know, 9 or 10 months old. And um, it really broke up the day. I think that's the most, one of the most amazing things about this ride is it really, because of the length of the ride, because of the, I guess, the, the, just the sincere quietness of it, just the little bit of a tour you're getting, it just really puts the brakes on your vacation and really stops you in your tracks to just kind of take in the moment, enjoy what's around you, and learn a little facts. So I was in love with this ride from the first time because it really made me pause, stop my vacation, and just kind of take in the moment. It is, uh, you know, and there's enough going on, too, where you know, maybe a, a toddler, uh, you know, s- a smaller child has that attention uh, brought somewhere else. You know what I mean? Where it's there's a distraction. I mean, look, you've got lightning, you've got thunder, you've got rain. All of a sudden, we've got, you know, we've got the farmhouse. And we got, you know, we got all this stuff going on where it really is enough to let your your child's eyes just just going it's almost like you're going through a traveling museum if mm-hmm. i was to be completely frank you know um but you know if we start from the very beginning in that queue this is something that i've always felt and this is going to be such an unpopular thought and maybe i'm the only guy in the world who thinks this and i'm okay with that um it almost i almost feel like that's like should be almost like the jungle cruises queue you know what i mean i almost get this um there's something about that queue that maybe it's because it's like tucked in that corner there where i almost feel like uh this is like i'm being transported right away from the queue you know because look let me ask you this when you're in the queue how often are you looking out towards the crowd out into the land pavilion versus like just kind of focused on the ride in the corner there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ever think I've really had to wait in that queue. I think every time I've gone there, it's been pretty much like just a walk on, and I've okay. really not had to. Uh, maybe one time, and um, yeah, I, I've never really. I, I've seen the line there, you know, like mm-hmm. when people are, you know, in the switchbacks and whatnot. But I don't think I've ever said, you know, what I'm going to wait 20 minutes for the land. I think every time we've jumped on it, it's always been kind of like after hours or early when everyone's kind of getting on soaring and there's, you know, five minute wait and you pretty much just kind of walk on. Right. I don't think I've ever really waited in that queue area. Um, yeah, just that's there's no fast pass for that ride. You know what I mean? Yeah, there is. Is there a fast pass for that? Yeah, yeah, there is, and okay. I've used it proudly. Oh, proudly okay. I have. Yeah, um, the and you really, really don't need to. I mean, like you said, a lot of times it's just such a small wait. And look, fifteen minutes on the board is not fifteen minutes right. in the queue. You know, there's that's definitely um, it's definitely over uh, overstated. There's there's been a lot of times. When I say a lot, I mean a lot. Where like we'll go ride Soren, and like hey, let's knock the land out afterwards because we have lunch up at Garden Grill. And, you know, we'll get done with Soren. We come walking out like we own the place. And, like, wait a minute. What is, what are all these people doing in line for the land? They must all had, have, has that ever happened to you? Where, like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to walk up there and it's like just jam packed. I think like, the only what, time, what? yeah, I think when it's got heavy downpours or rain outside, okay. sometimes you'll see that get jammed up. But other than that, I really don't see that jammed up at all. Kind of like Nemo. You know, I mean, how many times you see Nemo, you walk over there and it's a five-minute wait. I don't think I've ever used a fast pass for Nemo. I don't think I've ever waited more than 10 minutes. I think it takes 15 minutes to walk through the queue, you know, over there at Nemo. It's one of those rides that's never busy either. Well, that's that's another ride that I, uh, believe it or not, I find dear to my heart. And I, and I say that because, and I'm not going to go down the Nemo rabbit hole, but riding it with my kids, 
it gave me the solidified this attraction to that attraction and i can actually ride it by myself now and actually enjoy it you know what i mean mm-hmm. because i've already have this this you know i've already have this attraction to that i'm um, coming back to the lamp pavilion and we're going we're talking with living with the lamb Let's talk about some of the stuff that's inside of there that, uh, you know, brings this whole thing together as just one awesome attraction. Because personally, I think they did. This is one of those things that worldwide is knocked way out of the park. I absolutely love this thing. So um, let's talk. uh, Let's just kind of just go down, just go go down the list here. Let's talk about... um, Well, how about my favorite part of the ride first? Let's just knock that out of the way. I'm going to say it's probably everybody's favorite part of the ride first. And, and, and I think we're all on the same page when it comes to that because even in our Facebook group, I don't mean to cut you off, but we've seen that that's just the pinnacle of that ride, and that would be the farmhouse? The farmhouse, yeah, the American Prairie. Um, did, did you like that picture I took? That's my picture. Was it really? Well, actually, it was a picture that was sent to me from somebody that was down there because they know I love that. Uh-huh. And I actually just edited it myself then and and you know, and. and and uh, made it made it a little bit more prettier, but yeah, that's my image and cool. courtesy of uh, one of our good friends that sent it to me. But I, I wanted I want to um, mention something to you here though. The audio animatronics that are in there, did you know that they were built for uh, a Magic Kingdom attraction that never happened? Yes, the chicken was supposed to be. Oh, I don't remember what ride was that supposed to be on the chicken. Well, it was going to be on the Western River Expedition. Right. And it was the, you know, the ride that never happened. And, you know, for some of you that want to go down the historical rabbit hole, um, it's, a, it's kind of a fun read. Uh, basically, this ride was supposed to um, offset the Pirates of the Caribbean because the thought was, well, people in Florida are so used to pirates, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and that was the logic, you know, coming from California. I guess that made sense at the time. Uh, and this was going to be the answer to the Pirates of the Caribbean in the uh, – the Pirates of the Caribbean Disneyland ride. And it was, um, but, you know, you have some really, really cool animatronics. And you know they are dated. And the movement is um, uh, very, you know, archaic. Isn't that interesting where you look at an old animatronic versus today's animatronics, the difference Mm -hmm. in the technologies there, you know? And it's just like, what, the evolution of these is just something else. Now moving into this this prairie this this farmhouse, is this not a place you want the boat to break down so you can hop out and have lunch? If they had a dining experience there, I would pay for it every single time. That's just I mean, I like eating a garden grill just for that small glimpse of getting that extra time looking at that farmhouse. I think that's mm-hmm. so awesome. And hearing the the dog barking and the chicken you know uh, clucking in the background, I think it's great. Uh, that that is the you know, picture perfect American white picket fence dream farmhouse. That's what everybody you know aspires for. It's a, it's a beautiful house. It is. Uh, it's definitely one of these places, and I know a lot of you out there can relate. It's one of those places where I really, I feel relaxed. Like this is this is I. You know, it's like you're no longer in Epcot. You're not at Disney World. This is one of those. It is so quiet and it is so perfectly done. And then you come around that bend, and it's just everything is right there. I absolutely am in love i fell in love with this scene from day one enough to where i want to build and i want to build i want this replica you know as my own that's what i want i want this as my own the um going going uh, let's talk I, i would like to talk about some of the living laboratories now there are five distinct living laboratories, and I know they've kind of changed names and, 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 and maybe evolved a little bit through the time. I mean, like I said, from 1982 to now. Uh, but let's talk about the tropical greenhouse, and it's the, uh, the tropics and exotic foods, you know, banana, cocoa, um, cacao, uh, jackfruit. <laughs> um, have you ever had jackfruit, by the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, the first time I've had that was uh, this year. Really? Yeah, and because I got uh, very strong um, uh, mung in, in the area in the Asian food stores, and they, and they like to dry their fruit, you know, the freeze-dried mm-hmm. fruits. Yep. Man, I'll tell you what, that and the, um, they're not bananas, but they're the plantations. Oh, the pl- plantains. Oh, plantain. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I will eat a bag of those. And then, and here's what I do every time, because I'm not smart enough to learn from my mistakes. I will eat a bag of those, and then, of course, I'll drink a bunch of water. <laughs> oh boy so yeah i mean but that's my that's my personal little but man i can't stop i can't just have one those are my little pringles you know i can't have one mm-hmm. um but they have you know like date palms and and uh, dragon fruit 
And that's another one that I've never had, dragon fruit. I've had the, the vitamin water. You ever had the vitamin water with the dragon fruit flavor? Oh, you know what? Yes, I have. I have. Yes. Okay. Similar. Absolutely. And I do know that we have vanilla beans and stuff like that. So, I mean, you, you know, basically you got your tropics, your tropical stuff that's uh, being grown there. The out of, out of all those, Mike, is there anything that's appealing to you that we're like, you know what? This is an absolute must or this is something I can get rid of. Or do you kind of just like take it all in as we're going through each one of these and just accept like it's one beautiful piece of artwork? Well, I don't know about you, but in my old house before we moved here, we had a small little garden on the side of the house. And I would plant tomatoes, you know, because what Italian kid doesn't plant tomatoes at his house? Right. We all do it, right? Yeah. Yep. And every time I go through there, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to expand my garden. I'm going to have this. I'm going to I'm gonna have dragon fruits and eggplants. And I'm going to hang them with PVC pipes. I'm going to have this huge, elaborate, you know, awesome greenhouse in my backyard. And then I get off the ride and the novelty wears off. But I've had the, you know, I wanted to try, you know, doing some sure, of that stuff. And, sure. you know, maybe I'll make my pumpkins look like Mickey ears. And, you know, I'll do all that cool stuff. And then, nah, I get home and I'm like, nah, I'm too lazy to do that. <laughs> no, it is. It is a lot of work. And it's, oh, um, yeah. there's, uh, and, and I'm right there with you because I have it planned out in my whole basement here uh, how I can have, uh, you know, stuff 24 or 365 days a year down here with uh, this this amazing technology. It, when you do the behind the scenes tour, um, the, the seeds tour, the they give you a pr- bunch of printouts, and one of the printouts is actually blueprints for a lot of this stuff. So, which was really neat. And there's actually a company. I don't know. Did did you have one to add on that? Because I was just going to say there's actually people that worked for this company that um, left and created their own. I've seen when you get off the ride where mm-hmm. you book by over by Sarum where you book the behind the seeds tour. Mm-hmm. They actually sell seeds there. You know, you can buy the packages and stuff like that. I guess if you were going to try and do it on your own, I guess they're trying to you know grasp everybody for their last couple of dollars. Like when you get off the <laughs> ride, like, you know, like that's a nickel grab. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, oh yeah, he's 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 on that kick where he wants to you know build a garden in his house. Let's let's get him for a couple of bucks. So uh, no, I've seen that, but I I didn't know that. Now you've done the behind the scenes uh-huh. tour, yes. Correct. That's correct. You, last trip? No, it was a couple years ago already. Okay. Yeah, it was definitely one where my kids were younger. and I, I was going to say, did it with the boys? Yeah, I did, and they wanted to participate. And, you know, for that one time, I was that family that had the kids that were like, uh, question, and then my son would raise his hand and go, we had Mickey bars last night at the party. They were really good, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> And then I'm looking at every dad in the, in the place that's like, oh, that's your kid. And I'm just staring him in the eyes. And I'm like, I dare you to say something. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my time to shine for all you guys that have made me sit through your kids' nonsense. Um, but, no, uh, they really enjoyed it. And um, you know, not just to, just to go down this small little hole here, uh, I think they, they really enjoyed feeding the fish. Because you get little fish pellets, you can feed the fish. Okay. Uh, it was definitely very fun, and it was very educational. Um, I recommend doing it if you are any any interested at all about this. Um, one of the one of the fruits that I believe it's grown in the tropics there is the um, it's the uh, the berry that changes your taste buds. And I know they only grow one or two. I was talking with the. Um, do, are you familiar with the African berry that I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Okay, this is a this is a berry that it's called the miracle berry, I believe. I'm t- pulling this from the top of my head. I completely forgot about it. The miracle berry, when you when you eat it, what it does is it it flips the polarity of your um, your taste buds. And actually, I shouldn't even say that. It doesn't allow you to taste sour. It changes all your sour taste bud receptacles to sweet. So in other words, you could grab uh, a lemon with no sugar on it and take a bite out of it, and it tastes like pure sweet lemonade going down your your gullet. It's uh, hmm. very interesting. So, um, Rachel and I, I, you can actually, if you go on Amazon, you can actually buy uh, Miracle Berry tablets that are, um, process, are freeze-dried berries. And and you can have, and there's actually people that have Miracle Berry parties where they'll actually line up a bunch of sour stuff. So, I got the tablets, and um, we were actually sitting in the school parking lot waiting for my kids for like an hour. We went an hour earlier. And I think we kind of looked like we were dealing because we had like <laughs> sour worms and pickle juice and 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 I'll tell you what was really good was uh, the lime juice that's in the that you buy in the they look like little fake plastic limes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. was fantastic, man. You squirt that in your mouth and holy macaroni, it was just sweet nectar in the mouth. It was really, really neat. Now I will tell you this: 
they do uh, grow grow this. I've never really seen it inside there. I need to have them pointed out to me. But uh, they only get like one or two berries, and of course, it's going to go to the cast members. You know, they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna have the little fun with it because it is a novelty berry. But uh, that was very interesting. And I really recommend that if somebody wants to try something new. I mean, it's, it'd be a really cool little date night or even a couple's night where you guys just get these berries. Because you can actually buy, like, the freeze-dried berries and, and all kinds of stuff and, and do this. And, and set up a whole bunch of sour stuff and just see what you like and don't like. And it's really interesting, man. I think that would be something that you would enjoy. It would just blow your mind. It's just something totally different. How long does it last? Like, like what's the like time half an hour. No, it's like 20 minutes, half an hour. Now, what if you eat something really sweet? Does it taste sour? I don't remember. No, no, there's no sour at all. Your sour taste buds are absolutely eradicated. Done. Yeah, you're done. done. Just done. So um, very, very interesting. I, I I don't know. I can't. I, I, we had a good time, but it was fun. I mean, Rachel, the, the novelty with her got over quick. She was like, mm, yeah, okay, I'm done. Well, I'm sitting here like a fiend. I'm like, no, you got to mix the the lemon juice and the sour worms and you gotta you got i was really getting into it probably a little bit too much but i think i think i'd have to drink a whiskey sour and, and with that maybe man it. maybe absolutely or maybe take away the whiskey and just drink the shower or the sour like just the sour why would you take away the whiskey well i mean okay then dilute it <laughs> dilute it with your whiskey that's fine well, okay. as long as it's good whiskey okay but um but yeah it was a lot of fun and that was wow that was a rabbit hole i had no intention of going down um <laughs> Now, would you recommend doing the behind-the-scenes tour with the kids, or would you say that's something that you should do on an adult trip? Oh, okay. Because you've done this, it with the kids, so you know. This is, you know. A, this is I'm going to be very direct on my answer here. If this is something that you are really interested in, like the land, the living with the land uh, attraction is something where, like, this is my jam. Like, I'm really, really loving this. Um, I would do it without the kids, be without the distraction, because there's so much incredible information that you can get. It's really an amazing tour. Now, if it's one of those where you just like the land, you want to hang out with the family, I think the kids would find it interesting, then yes, of course, go ahead and, and take the kids with you. So I, no harm, no foul. But for example, I'll just, I'm not, I'm not going to compare this to the walking with, uh, walking with Walt's footsteps tour in Disneyland, Okay. But what I'm saying is, is that's something that I want to do that, that I find very special to me. I don't want a distraction at all. You know right. what I mean? So, you know, I know that there's an age limit on stuff, but I don't want any distractions. I don't want anybody around me. I want this to be mine. So, you know, you can just do take that for what it's worth, but um, uh, it's worth it 100% if you're, if you're remotely interested in living with the land. Now, how far ahead did you book that? Did you book it the same day? Did you book it a couple of weeks ahead of time? Did you book it, you know, when you were doing your ADRs? Honestly, I don't think it was that... I don't think we did it like 180 days out, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. You know, I'm I'm continually wrong on the show, guys. Well, I know, I know, I know, you know? I know. Rachel is the brains of your operation, <laughs> she's, so she's Rachel, like, call she's, in, leave a message, and just I know, say she's when. She's the CEO, the CFO, all that stuff for the Disney. Um, for example, uh, our Disney special, I or I mean, our Christmas special. Apparently, I did take my mom and my my dad to Epcot while we were down there for the party. I just completely <laughs> forgot about it. So, but it was not the holiday holiday party. It was still the uh, food and wine that was going on. But I was wrong, and I completely forgot about it. And it happens all the time, and that's okay. I own it. Um, anyways, uh, how about the Aquacell? Let's talk about that one. This is this is number. This is one of the five, and uh, aquaculture, fish farming. Now. You know, you have uh, tilapia, paddlefish, catfish, bass, uh, American alligator, shrimp. Uh, man, this is um, this is something that ends up on your plate at Coral Reef Restaurant. And, and this is the thing about this, this pavilion where you're seeing the harvest and it's being implemented into the parks. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Have you ever eaten at the Coral Reef Restaurant? Coral Reef, uh, a very, very – I did that not with – my immediate family now, I did it with my parents when I was younger. So I okay. don't have any any recollection of it, you know, when I was younger. Yep, yep. I, you know, here, I'm going to, I'm just going to say about the Coral Reef. I know they did a menu change a few years ago. Um, I've eaten there about three times over the last four years, and I have absolutely loved it every time. Uh, if somebody's had a bad experience, I'm sorry. I think that's that's a rarity. The, uh, the service was great. In fact, um, I'm going to give you guys a little hint. They feed the fish about 1,500, excuse me, they feed the fish about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 
And uh, if you guys can like get your ADRs around that time, the they're so interactive with you that they'll they'll actually wave at the kids when they get their scuba gear. They'll hold the fish up and say, and you know, and motion like, "Come follow me here." You know, as you're watching them with the eyes, you know, follow me with your eyes. Obviously, uh, there was so much interaction, guys. I'm I'm going to give the people that go into the aquarium. I know we got somebody in our group that that. Jumps mm-hmm. in the aquarium, has jumped in the aquarium. Yep. He did a tour or something like that. But the, uh, and I don't know if they, they feed it. I haven't gone that road with them. <clears throat> and I, and I want to, I want to, I want to explore that option. So I know you listen to the show. Please, please get with me again. And so we can talk about this because this is something I want to do. I think it was Robert, it, Robert Parker. Maybe it is Parker. Yeah, I think it is Parker. Um, how fun would it be for all of us to go down together? Wouldn't that be fun? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, but anyways, uh, they're very interactive, man. They feed the fish. They show us, um, you know, they were they had a, a fluorescent board, and they were feeding the stingrays with the fluorescent board. And it was because and they had the stingrays would come right up on the board, and there was a little hole where the fish would go inside. I mean, it was really neat. Definitely. So uh, if, if at all this is something you're interested in, you know, give give them a call and say, hey, what time do you guys feed? And, and set your ADRs up around in that area about a half an hour before the feeding time, okay? And I think, I don't know if the feeding times change based on the, um, you know, daylight. I, I'm not I'm not sure if there's any, you know, if it's moved back or forward. I, I have no idea. So that's something that you got to do some research on. But if you can catch that time, it will be worth it, I promise. And get that, get that seat right next to the aquarium it's really fun (sighs) going on to the temperate greenhouse it was actually called the desert greenhouse and you know what i'm talking about you come across and you got you know they got the they got the signs where you know um you know don't don't invasive species might be on the 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 you know the in other words don't be walking around the sand guys you might mm-hmm. get sand fleas so uh this is this is one that always sticks out for me because i actually what would stick out about this one to you the big fruit yeah the big fruit man absolutely that's where they have the uh, pumpkins with the uh, mickey shapes yeah, yeah, they got the pumpkins, they got the winter melons, you know, the big old melons that are just hanging there. You know, it almost kind of looks like, and I get this feel like I'm at Willy Wonka's, you know, that, that Willy Wonka's, um, mm-hmm. oh, what is it, you know, his, whatever is the, the first part, not not the um, the actual factor itself, but inside the, you know, where the Chocolate River flow is, you know, the hanging gummy bears. This is what this almost feels like. You got this big, beautiful hanging fruits and and just incredible nine-pound lemon. That's what I want to do. I want to take one of those berries and then give me one of those nine-pound lemons and let me go to town. So, oh, could you imagine the stomachache after that nonsense? Oh, my God. Uh, pomelo? What is a pomelo? I don't know. What is a pomelo? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Live TV. Here we go. It's a, um, oh, it's just a citrus. Shaddock, Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've never even heard of it before. I don't remember that one. Pomelo either. No. I was hoping you knew what it was. Um, they also got the sunflowers and the the, the turnips and the casa banana and the you know the beets and stuff. And then, oh man, look, all this good stuff that you just you need. Um, they do have a prize winner, uh, Atlantic Giant Pumpkin. That was one of the pumpkins that you mentioned mm-hmm. there, and I want to make that as a notable. Uh, this is this is a, uh, a a temperate climate greenhouse. All right. Um, if once we go, uh, we have that one. That was uh, you know three of the five. Let's go to the string greenhouse. Uh, it was formerly the production greenhouse. This is one that focuses on high density techniques. You know, uh, upside for down irrigation, right? Yeah, all the all the good one. And this is this is the one that you mentioned about the tomatoes. Hmm. 32,000 tomatoes in a 16-month period. It's a lot of sauce. It is a lot of, fo- a lot of sauce. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. This is one tomato tree. Yeah. One. Yeah. Just one. And here's the thing. The tomato is uh, really an incredible. I mean, it's, you, you know, we, we joke about the Italian sauce or this and that, but that is really a hearty, like, for up here, people can tomatoes because we don't, we don't get the, and, and you get that steady source of vitamins, you know, throughout the, the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's really an incredible, I mean, look, it's feast or famine up here. 
people are, you know, this is a time of year where I'm paying $25 for a pound of tomatoes. But two months ago, people were giving sacks of them away because they had this overload of, of fresh produce that was, you know, getting ready to go bad, right? Right. So, but the tomato is really an incredible um, fruit and definitely going to, you know, you're definitely going to see uh, like the tomato uh, when we start doing the exploration, whether it's uh, ultra deep sea or whether it's, you know, the moon or um, in, in, you know, in the space travel, you're definitely going to see the tomato be a very key fruit for this. Uh, we got eggplants, peppers. Uh, lettuce. Uh, lettuce, I think, can go to the wayside. I don't think really there's a whole lot of lettuce uh, nutrients. I don't know if that would even make the, you know, the cut worth worth exploring. Uh, I think spinach and what are the other leafies, you know? Broccoli. Yeah, just stuff like that that uh, would be better for us. You know, I mean, if I'm up in space, you know, and, and space exploration... You know, I would want something with that's got more bang for the buck for the nutrients, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the creative greenhouse. Oh, wait. Before we move on for that, I do want to make, make one note here. 30 tons of produce are harvested from the land each year. I want to throw that in there before I forget, okay? 30 tons, 60,000 pounds. That's incredible, man. That's a lot of food from that one building. Mm-hmm. Isn't that incredible? That's one little building. That We could have one of those on each skyscraper, in New York City. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it's incredible. Um, how about a, the creative greenhouse? Uh, this is the final greenhouse of the attraction. And this is where you're going to have, uh, you, you do have like uh, uh, tomato and squash and basil and rosemary. And this is all the fun stuff that um, that you see, like Snapdragon and Marigolds, you know, all the edible stuff that are still, did you know that some of those flowers are, are you know, Edibles, yeah. Yeah, and they're very pleasing to the eye too. You know how mm-hmm. how neat is that? Um, there's a a, a a NASA hydroponic growing area right there. There is such a um, there's going to be such a need and such a demand for this setup when we decide that we're going to go to Mars. When we decide, you know, we're going to put that first moon base out and and then go on from there. So this is this is what really got me excited about the ride itself. But you know. That's not that's not like the only thing that's going on inside this this thing. You have also the biotechnology lab, which is a real thing, man. Do you think they're actually working in there? I always get that impression that they're just doing a roll for show. Not only are they working there, they're actual several USDA scientists on the site working. So no, I know they are, but it's just it's one of those things because you know I'm a boss at work, and I feel like every time I pass by, everybody starts to work. I wonder if they're just kind of like you know pausing between the boats, like ah, boat goes by, or you can relax a little while. They break out the game and they're playing you know Candy Crush no. on their phone, and then all of a sudden the next boat comes yes. by, and oh, they look real busy, and they're filling test tubes, yep. and they're walking around talking to each other. And I 100% agree with you. You know they're getting caught up on Netflix. There's a keyword we had. We had a couple keywords in uh, in the Marine Corps uh, when we were on the line. My last part of my tour, I was with artillery, and I would go down and I would visit some of the guns, and uh, they had they had like corporal, like let's just say, you know, corporal dog or something like that. Would that just meant that the lieutenant was coming down, or you know, they got little words like that that mm-hmm. are um, you know either that or maybe it's just as simple as boat, <laughs> and then everybody looks busy and. I don't know. I I'm going to agree with you. I would love to uh, uh, maybe you know drop a hidden camera on there and be like, "Oh, look, you're right, man. Look at." Because as soon as the boat goes by, they hit a button and like the PlayStation comes popping out of the console and the <laughs> the the, uh, the petri you know dishes flip over and there's a big screen TV. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something going on there. But I do know that that is really kind of a cool little area there. Now, let me ask you this. How would you feel about people going past your work like that? I'd be miserable. I'd be mad. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be kind of a, to intimidating? Me, it, would very, it would be very intimidating. Absolutely. Very intimidating. Yep. Because I know sometimes I'm on the job and, you know, I'll talk to Rach and Rach and I'm talking to her. And, and uh, you, it's like I really got to notice, like, who's got the ring cameras and who's got the stuff because I might be saying something that I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need to be saying, you know. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, very, very, um, very interesting setup there. I really love it. And I, but you know, here's the thing though, the whole like things moving in the front there, I'm kind of calling 
shenanigans on that. You know what I mean by the the like the the vials and stuff in the front that are like doing this constant. Yeah, there's, there's some of that's got to be smoking. Yeah, the that I'm, can't be I'm, the same thing all the time. That's what I'm saying. I, right, I think yeah. that I know there's a working lab right there, but mm-hmm. is that the the show part of it? Those are the cast members that are maybe just putting on the front. Because there have been plenty of times where I've gone through there during work days and there's been nobody in there. Is that Vita's Flytrap, the same one from 1982? Be honest with me, guys. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. But it is very fun there. Um, and then they have the Integrated Pest Management Lab, too. It's the uh, entomology. It's uh, That's where they study the um, like the parasite wasp and the ladybugs, uh, which is a, a great, great concept. One that um, really, honestly, I don't. I think is very underrated as far as the farming community goes. So uh, you know, that we can incorporate that with like bees and stuff too. You know, we have, uh, you know, like the the amount of of farms. Like for example, we had I had a friend of mine that that raises bees and or he has beehives, and the farmers for like five miles thanked him for doing that because they had their alfalfa their alfalfa and all that other stuff they noticed an incredible difference in their crops just from having the beehives you hmm. know so uh, but he had like major beehives though i mean this was like like huge but uh, definitely uh, a lot of fun now let me ask you this mike is there anything before we go move on is there anything that you want to touch about the ride here before i get into the meat and potatoes on why we're doing this show well, the one thing that I take from the ride, are you happy with the fact that it's a constant um, speaker, you know, where it's a, it's a recorded message? Or do you think they should have cast members up there doing the dialogue, explaining things more on a regular basis as things are changing in the greenhouse? I will say this. I would love it if it was the second one. I would love it if we had a real cast member up there. You're in upper management in your job. And you know that there's a budget, and you know that there's there's money. Now, you said it before. You have never really are waiting for this attraction. So would that man hours be justified in keeping, you know, one or two ca- extra cast members on the clock the whole time the park's open to do that? Um, I would love that, man. I really would. But I think overall that's probably the reason why it's because it's not that busy of an attraction. Mm-hmm. You know, but, yeah, I would love to go your route. That would be great. Obviously, I've rid that ride many a times, and I've mm-hmm. seen different plants and different fruits pop up and different things. Yeah. So it would be kind of nice to have a little bit of a different perspective or maybe something that's new and breaking and have a cast member up there and say, hey, oh, yeah, by the way, we're working on this, or this person in the lab is doing this, or, hey, we're, we're, we have extra fish coming in for the you know the fish culture thing, or mm-hmm. you know, just a little bit of extra personal stuff that would make it a little bit different each time. I, I really agree with you. I really do. And wouldn't it be fun to, like, mix it up and, like, you know, like every – like during food and wine or something, turn it into, like, the Jungle Cruise humor? <laughs> you know what I mean? Have them come up with their own jokes and talk about the nine-pound lemons and all that other good stuff. I would love that. That would be a lot of fun. I posted to the group and I asked, what is your allure to this attraction if this is a favorite attraction which i know yours is mm-hmm. what's your allure to it what what in one sentence or less some people went way overboard and they were and they were justified in doing it because they did a great job um and we're going to touch on some of those but what is your personal allure to this is it the farmhouse is this that 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 sense of of like man i just i would love to be there right now you know i think that has a lot to do with it i mean that that's yeah. what it is for me yeah Okay, you know, I'm I'm gonna agree with you, man. This is that, this is one of those few moments where I had super aha moments. My first one was I have very little memory when I went to Disneyland after I graduated boot camp with the family. We just had that quick little leave before you know I went on to my schooling, and um, but one thing I definitely remember is the nighttime scene on the Pirates of the Caribbean back in 1997. Mm-hmm. And it really felt like I was in the swamp. It really felt like night. It was cool air. I mean, I was like, wow, this is incredible. I would never have get. I, I felt like I was the only one in the world right there. Uh, this is another one of those places that, that it almost brings you comfort. Let me, I'm not going to say you. It almost brings me comfort to think about this even when I'm up here. Mm-hmm. You know, a thousand miles away. It just, it brings me comfort when I see these picture, this picture of this thing where, like, I just love this so much. Come over to Facebook. It's the Disney Dads Podcast Family. Just come on in and, and join the fun. 
So I wrote, as Justin heads down to play with the mouse, Mike and I can't wait to talk Disney. Living with the land is a special ride to a lot of people. Here is my question for you guys. If you are a huge fan of this attraction, what is your allure to it? Keep your answer to one sentence and stay tuned for next week's show. And, you know, I, there's some, there were some really, really good ones. So, Mike, I'll be honest with you, man. I think it's just uh, we'll give everybody some credit here and uh, go down the list here. Uh, Jessica Johnson, Mickey-shaped vegetables. Absolutely. Right? I mean, how, how simple and fun and awesome is that? I absolutely love that, Jessica. Thank you. Uh, Jim Rotnowski, uh, the farm scene image you posted is very alluring to me because it reminds me of a simpler time far away from the hustle and bustle of the big city where real food is grown and eaten by real genuine people. I cannot give that enough thumbs up, Jim. You are absolutely right. And then um, that's, that's really where my heart's at. I guess, Mike, yours too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love that farm scene. That's my, you know, the pinnacle of the ride. I'm surprised uh, you don't got a tattoo of that. Yeah, I this I told you there's a house right over here by my house. That I know you showed like me that. it. Yeah, it looks and it's like across it, yeah. the street from a Garden Grill restaurant, which is yeah. even really weird. I know, but, man. That's awesome. Yeah, remember we went down the Google Earth uh, yep. road there. That's cool that you get that little memory though. Every time you go, past oh yeah, it, though, yeah, you it's know? pretty cool. Uh, Ashley Cook says, as a gardener, she loves seeing how they grow the produce for Disney. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is is actually I would be curious, are you um have you implemented any of this the 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 tips and tricks and the way they do do things? You know, do you have a hydroponics? Maybe I shouldn't ask people if they have hydroponics. Do you have a legal hydroponics <laughs> garden that you grow your vegetables with? Um Scott Zobel. I uh, it, no, Scott. Is this who is this Scott? I didn't know he was part of the group. Sure. Um yeah, um, Scott, I, I think it's a stellar example of edutainment and traveling through the working gardens make it never feel like the same ride twice. And uh, and he even mentions, take the behind seeds tour and thank me later. Uh, Scott, you're right on the money, man. As much, as much as I like to rub your ribs a little bit, you are right on the money, pal. As always, 100%. Is it, it, Scott's probably one of the smartest guys I've ever met, to be honest with you. Don't you think? Sure. <laughs> I guess I guess the, I guess the check cleared, huh? Send send your hate mail to Mike <laughs> Scott. Megan Goatee, uh, garden goals. You know, uh, absolutely. Like I said, I've had that burning desire to do that in my garden. Then I get home and it's like, ah, eh, no, well, I'll pass on that. But uh, yeah, definitely garden goals. It'd be very cool. I mean, listen, who wouldn't want a Mickey shape something in their garden? You know, very cool. Uh, Cody Carroll. A stellar example of what Epcot was meant to be, an immersive and brilliant ride that educates us as important topic as the farm scene. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm going to, this is where I'm going to take Cody's comment and just say 100%. This is exactly what Epcot was supposed to be. And I, look, you, you, you articulated that perfectly. I, I don't even want to like fumble my words to to ruin what you said because you said it exactly what i was feeling and thank you for that comment um kim um kim saltrick ed ed you guys in there edumatainment that now mostly grown kids loved from a young age it literally gives me the warm fuzzies absolutely kim it 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 does that you know you keep going back to that farm scene warm fuzzies warm fuzzies a hundred percent our good friend Roxanne Roscoe with the new baby at home, I'm sure. All of the hidden Mickeys. And, yeah, uh, I know Sammy loves looking for hidden Mickeys. That's one of her uh, desires to go through whenever we're on an attraction. She finds hidden Mickeys everywhere. So, yeah, I could definitely relate to that one. Uh, Robin Harder says nature. And uh, I agree 100%. And Stephen Goatee, sidebarring off of what his wife said, um, it was the picture of the farmhouse is what I have up there. And then he mentioned that this is what we're aspiring to have. You know, we have the land and the chickens now. And we need the dog and the garden. And uh, Stephen, get on it, buddy. And not only get on it, don't just tell me about it. I want to see pictures of this stuff, man. Let me see pictures of this uh, perfect paradise that you're building. I would love that. Great family, yeah. Jessica Zito, it's peaceful and my must-do every trip. And I think I mentioned that at the beginning also. You know, that's just... One of those peaceful, relaxing, just kind of take a break and really enjoy this ride. And I uh, can't agree with you more. Uh, Christina McSheffrey, we love finding all the head Mickeys, just like Roxanne Roscoe. You know, we're all on the same page when it comes to that one. Uh, Jesse Mask, love the greenhouses. 
Absolutely. We touched on a bunch of those. And uh, Lori Euler, I am a scientist. I'm working in the lab. is a dream job. Yep, we were talking about people working in the lab. And, uh, yeah, apparently we know it's a real working lab. And uh, I'm sure you're working in a real lab and you're busy all day. Luckily for you, you don't have people watching you all day while you're working. Lori, Lori, be honest with me here, okay? Because we know how you scientists like to flip flip the Netflix on while nobody's watching. And and I see you looking in your microscope like you really are looking at something, but you've got it like like a HDMI, or you got a um, HD little eyepiece in there, and you're actually looking at some videos of YouTube or something. So let's just be honest, Lori. Is a scientist really like an eight-hour just <laughs> your brain hurts afterwards? Or is it going to be you're playing PlayStation in between? No, all jokes aside, Lori, and Lori's a great, great person too, by the way. Uh, Lori, I didn't know you were a scientist, though. I would be very interested to know where your study is at. So please drop us a, drop us a note in here and uh, let us know what, what you – because I knew you were um, – you had something going on with your your uh, were you maybe upgrading your job or something? And I would love 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 to know what happened with that and what exactly you're doing, uh, Cheryl. So, this attraction deserves more than one sentence of love. But to keep it concise, this house is a dream representing a simple life that I desire. I notice new plants every time, and I'm a food lover. Great ride, repeatedly. Loads of hidden Mickeys. Lastly, my grandpa was a master gardener. This is why I'm reading the whole thing here, because this is great. My grandpa was a master gardener. It was his hobby. and He had a small amount of property, but he maximized it and had a meticulous garden that generated enough food for him, our family, and both of our neighborhoods. He truly lived with the land. He was always barefoot because he wanted to feel the earth between his toes. After he died... I remember discovering the produce department at the grocery store. It was a section of the store we always bypassed because he supplied it all. This attraction makes me feel closer to him, although he's gone, and that was not concise. Um, look, she nails it there. Looking looking at what, what Cheryl said about her grandpa, okay, here's, here's what I want to add to that. Do you think that we are losing our touch on that homegrown food and to be able to do that you know the thing is is we've become so industrialized with our farming here and especially I'll, I'll use the united states as a as an example okay we've been so industrialized that we don't even grow our own food anymore not even a small garden you know and this guy was growing tons of it you know back in the day like especially when your grandma and grandpa were young or younger you know um, you, you, you grew food that sustained at least your family ex- as far as like even supplemental. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So do you think we'll ever come back to being able to use something like this land, the land, living with the land where your home can finally maybe start growing nutrients again that so you're not so dependent on industrialized food? And, you know, and I'm not even talking a political or, or any other kind of rant. Um I'm just stating a fact here as in, you know, there's not as much nutrients in the food nowadays as there was back then. You know, I guarantee you that there's not enough nutrients in, you know, the food that you're pulling off of a land, you know, a farm now versus, you know, something that was homegrown at home because it wasn't sped up. Do you think this is ever going to open up doors where maybe we could have um, something like this in the house where maybe you can maybe a third, a third of your vegetables can be uh, grown at the house? Or do you think that we're just too lazy to to really go down that road? I think with the technology and everything that we have now, everybody's just too lazy. I can't see it getting back to that. I think it was done then out of necessity. I think it was mm-hmm. done then because that's what you had to do to get by. Uh, you know, my grandmother was a depression kid, you know, and she's, mm-hmm. still, and she's still around today. And you can tell that she still has that mentality. Um, so I don't think we're getting back to that again unless the times warranted it. But I think we're strong enough as a country and a culture that – if it if it if it needed to be, it would be, but I don't think it would be done on a voluntary basis. Yeah, I really see a lot of the hobbies, the little the indoor hobby farms that are growing, were are, um, you know are getting more and more um, you know prevalent, or maybe they're not prevalent. Maybe it's because I was searching for stuff like that that it, it's always up on my newsfeed now that it's, it just seems like it's more prevalent to me. But I do know that there's some really cool high dollar. Uh, hobby farms out there and up to and including that the one that's a fully robotic it's just incredible of course way out of my budget and it would take a lot of carrots to even come close to paying for something like that however it is there um you know moving on from this then 
Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel like this is this is definitely going to be a ground floor, as in uh, whether it's industrial or you know what. Let me just take one step further, then. Right? What if it's not just a hobby? What if it's just uh, indoor farming? Then let's take um, the Empire State Building. I mean, this is a big building, okay? And it just every floor was a different greenhouse. How much food do you think we could grow from one skyscraper? Yeah. And would it be more nutrient because we could control the water because it's hydroponic? I don't know, man. This would be a very fun concept and maybe something to look forward to in the future. I don't know. I'll just find some way to 3D print it. You know, that's my go-to, 3D printing. <laughs> I just don't think it's profitable because if it was profitable, we'd be doing, it would be, be, if it was profitable, it would be being done already. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. Or, you know, that's the initial startup is, I think, what's going to kill you. I mean, once you have the everything in order, it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's definitely going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at the organic now. People are, are, are growing organic, and what are we paying, three or four times the price of it? Yeah. For organic? organic? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I know we got, but listen, I want to throw this out there to the rest of the people in the world, though, okay? Because we're talking about the United States. And Mike and I are purely speculating on a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, how do you guys do it across the world? I mean, do you guys do you guys have small farming communities? Do you have a community garden that you know you, you feed neighborhoods with? Um, I would really like to know that. That would be it. Would be something I personally would really love to know the answer to. Uh, Sarah Webner talks about when she used to come to Epcot on school trips, she would always learn something new on this ride. Now I'm taking now she's taking her son and showing how food is grown and seeing the wonder on his face. You know what I like most about that post is that she used to get to go to Epcot on school field trips. Now I'm really jealous because oh, I know, I, I know. <laughs> How awesome. And Sarah's always in the parks now. This yeah. is great. Do yep. you ever see it? She's she really posts some incredible pictures. Yep, she sure does. A uh, great friend of the show too. Uh, Rick, my buddy Rick. I love seeing where I'm moving to when I retire. Farmhouse goals, living with the Fland farmhouse and dibs. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. So I know that uh, Corey, Rick's wife, and Laura had a huge discussion about where we're all moving to. So if we're moving to that house, Rick, I get the top bunk. Oh, oh, man. Oh. I'll let you and Rick fight about it. I'm just going to sit on the couch with my b- bucket of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Two titans going to town. Meredith Rouch, her dad is a horticulturist and a former farmer. So this ride just makes me prouder to be his daughter every time you ride it. That's awesome. That's an, an awesome family, lovable tie when you're on that ride. I, I completely get it. Now, what I'd be curious, Meredith, on if your dad's ever ridden this ride, what did he think? What does he think? Um, that would be something. I would, you know, as a as a horticulturalist or as a farmer, when you go through this, you know, this 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 living with the land ride, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And uh, Katrina Dupree, the amazing Katrina, honestly, for us, it's just tradition, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, you know, what we got to knock out the living with the land. It's just part of our trip mm-hmm. and uh good i'm i'm completely okay with that guys thank you for uh participating in that facebook group and um mike uh, like i said before come on over and join us at uh the Disney dad's podcast family um or you can come to uh www.disneydadspodcast.com and and all kinds of fun stuff going over there i know justin's doing an incredible job on that site is there any other what do we got twitter Instagram, we got all kinds Twitter of stuff. Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Instagram's for the young kids. I'm a little... Uh, yeah, you Instagrammers. You yeah. Instagrammers out there. Yeah. It's, uh, are we influence? Is that the word? Influencer? Are we influencers yet? I'm showing my age. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I'm going to say we are. Because I think all the cool kids are influencers. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like we hold a Mountain Dew and like everybody starts drinking Mountain Dew. Are we there yet? Almost. 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 Okay. Almost. Well, then I'll hold off on calling us uh, influencers until a little bit later there. Uh, Mike, buddy, I want to really move the show on. So is there any way that you can maybe tie me into Picks of the Week somehow? You know, one of the common topics that we talked about on this show was tradition. You know, it's one of those things that you always have to do. And one of the things that I always have to do whenever I'm on a Disney vacation is take pictures. And, you know, our Facebook group has some amazing pictures. You know what? That brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. You did it, buddy. You did. I put you on the spot, and you did it. I love it. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Time for us to get our picks of the week. 
Jason, since we missed you last week and it wasn't the same without you, why don't you go first with your pick of the week this week? Yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, you did a nice job on the show. I really enjoyed that. I listened to it on the way back from Mom's. I was at Mom's for Christmas. Thank you for all two of you that inquired on where I was at, that I was missing from the show. Mm -hmm. You are my two favorite fans. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. You are my two favorite people as well. So... Um, and that's it, just two. Out of all the thousands of downloads, <laughs> I had two people just like, oh, well, Jason's not here. So um, anyways, uh, so yeah, I, you know, Mike, I'll tell you what. I look forward to Christmas at my mom's every year. It's something very special to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, there's nothing like like the smell of mom's house. You know, me and my mom are tight. I absolutely adore my mom. We talk every single morning on my way to work. Um, she's an incredible lady. One of, she's. Uh, I always tell her she's my biggest fan. No matter what endeavor I've done, she's always been my supporter. So I just love her to death. So I was at Christmas at mom's, and I uh, was really, really, uh, really digging it. Um, let's see here. Oh. I am going to, you know what? I am going to give Joe Loveaway some love. He's with his wife, Nicole. They're on their trip. They're on their Disney trip. And he's actually just taking us along a ride, and he's doing it by chapter by chapter. And uh, him, he's got a son, his daughter. And, man, they've been just, just having a great time. And I am so glad that you guys are posting the pictures and taking us with you. And I really, really hope it was magical 100% of the way. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. So my pick of the week is going to be Chelsea Medley. Uh, they were up at 5 a.m. after a midnight end of a Christmas party. And with some close calls and a few breakdowns, but they finally got to ride Rise of the Resistance. And, man, I tell you, I've watched every spoiler. I've watched every angle point of view for that ride i'm sure it was more amazing and uh the looks on your faces was worth getting up at 5 a.m to ride that ride and uh you have my pick of the week i'm on blackout with that man i don't want to know anything yeah by the way chelsea that's a great family picture i love it you all got that smile that even dad's got the dad smile you know what i mean i Mm -hmm. just love it it's like what a what a great looking family um yeah i'm on blackout for uh that ride i want to know nothing uh nada i don't even want to know what color the toilet paper is by the way i did get an official answer we did get an official answer on the whole toilet paper thing Mm -hmm. and it's over and it's over because the ends have to be folded into a triangle so that is your standard disney operating procedures on hanging toilet paper is it is over so all you underers you guys are wrong wrong here <laughs> wrong here uh mike buddy i had a fun time because listen I'll, I'll, out of everybody in the world besides my personal you know family my intimate like blood right here you are my living with the land buddy i know that if it was if i won the powerball and i was able to rent epcot that you and I would have no problem setting up a bar on one of those boats and you and I just going around and toasting for hours around this ride. It would be an incredible journey with you. Of course we would have our bartender Justin with us, of course. <laughs> but uh, listen, um, uh, man, I had I had a really great time with you and I really appreciate you uh, you coming on board with me on this. You know, I missed you a lot last week. It was uh, It's never the same without you. And I knew we were going to be talking about that. I knew we were going to be talking about the land this week, so I was very excited to get into this week's episode. I had a great time talking about it with you. Uh, same thing here, man. You know, it's one of my favorite rides to do with my family, and I know how much it means to you. And, and I think we have that shame. I think we have that same love and bond for this ride, which is great. And uh, I had a great time. Also, you know, last week's episode, we talked about overlays you know and overlays are not such a popular thing in disney world but living with the land just happens to be getting a christmas overlay this time of year and luckily for us our good friend justin is down in disney world right now bringing us all of the living with the land overlays and he's going to be talking about it on our extra patreon episode yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because here's what I want to do. I want to send everybody off, and I want to say thank you for coming along with us. Thank our Facebook people for participating, and I want to say have an incredible, incredible week, an incredible weekend, and I'll be at the Packer game. So if you uh, if you do watch the Packer game, make sure you look in the stands for me because I'll be the guy screaming in the stadiums. And uh, above all, 
uh, try to just find some of that inner peace and be happy because it is the holiday season. That's going to do it for this free edition of the Disney Dads podcast. Patreon members, stand by because we got some fun. Mike and I are going to go down some rabbit holes that you're really going to enjoy. With that, good night. Good night, guys. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the world... And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.